0: What is the future of censorship in the United States? Hey guys, this is Double D from the Entitled Millennials Podcast, and this is my Thinking Out Loud series. Freedom of speech and censorship has been a reoccurring theme in politics in the United States since the founding of our country. That dialogue has come center stage again in the wake of Donald Trump being banned from Twitter and other social media platforms. And of course, as always, the idea of freedom of speech and censorship is incredibly divisive, and we are seeing new battle lines drawn around this issue. On the one side, we have people who are advocating for or condoning Trump's being banned from social media, saying that he has incited a riot, he has incited violence and division in this country, he has told, you know, an incredible number of lies, and one of the big arguments that supports the idea of this being constitutional is that these big tech companies are private companies with their own, you know, private terms and conditions of service. And it's not the government censoring anybody. It's not a condemnation of political speech. Uh, You know, they have the right to do this. It is within their constitutional right as a business. You know, similar to the whole thing with Um, The baker, you know, Republicans being on the side of, of of the baker of the bakery that refused to bake a cake for a gay couple. It's sort of that precedent of it's a private business. You know, they don't have to let anybody post anything that they don't want to. Um, as long as it, if it in, interferes with terms and conditions of service, they have every right to, to ban somebody or restrict somebody's account. And then, of course, on the other side, you have the idea that, you know, these big tech companies um, have a monopoly on freedom of speech in, in the modern era. You know, the social media platforms like Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook have really become the sort of public square the the sort of bastion of free press and ideas and you know you have people on that side that are saying well because of this because it has become the digital age's public square that they need to be treated either one as a a municipality as a as a public utility like water or sewage or electricity or whatever and also although that these are you know large corporations that they are private businesses, they too need to be in some form or another subject to the law of land, to the Constitution of the United States, which prohibits freedom of speech being barred or abridged. Now, this has become like a very, very divisive subject, particularly on on the left, uh, what you would call the left. You know, you have progressives and leftists like even infighting amongst themselves about what's the right thing you have you know groups of people that are saying you know fascism and, and hate speech does not warrant freedom of speech you know they say things like you can't stop fascism you know you can't have a dialogue with fascism you can't permit it they need to be deep platformed and you can make a case for that I believe but as we're seeing in the days, uh, after Trump's being banned, we are beginning to see this this president or this precedent, sorry, being used to shut down leftist thinkers and really any of those who dissent in the opinion of big tech having the right to censor. In other words, it's not just crazy right-wingers and and Nazis and KKK members and outright racist-ass motherfuckers being banned, like when we saw Parler that's pretty much been shut down. And and we've all seen the crazy-ass posts that were permitted on there. You know, it's not just racists and and hate-speech people being taken down. It's, you know, leftist activists. Uh, I believe there's a number of... uh, Prominent leftist activists and and leftist voices, which have been purged from Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw this or experienced it personally, but, you know, my Facebook is completely inundated with leftists of varying degree. And multiple, multiple, multiple people said that they were no longer able to create a group. They had posts taken down. And apparently this was a measure taken by social media companies in order to prevent some kind of fiasco happening during the inauguration. They didn't want a repeat of the events of 1-6. And while you could make the argument that that's warranted, again, it sets a precedent that this is okay. Now, okay, yeah, it makes a little bit of sense to maybe have creating groups and and certain things shut down during this time, especially after we just had this Capitol stormed, right? But now that they've shown that they can do this power and that it's okay and everyone kind of just lets it happen and you can suspect that the government kind of has its fingers in it and, and pushing these social media companies to do this. Now let's say it's used in a negative fashion. So now let's say the government, you know, goes full AWOL, goes full ape shit, and, you know, something happens and then they create martial law or they start, I mean, and I'm being, you know, kind of grandiose here, or they start rounding people up uh, for political crimes or treason, and they use it as a real broad sense, and it's just outright you know, fascism like some Nazi shit. And then let's say people are trying to organize to stop this. I don't know, either they go on strike at work or they try to create barricades or they try to do something peaceful in, in order to stop these events. Or, you know, maybe there's someone planning a, a, a protest or a shutdown of the highway that leads to one of these private contracted um, border facilities where they have children and, and families imprisoned, in, in you know, and you have people trying to organize to stop these sort of things, trying to stop a, a new pipeline being built. And so now these big t- tech companies, they can do this. And the moment that the algorithm, that you know, this artificial intelligence picks up on the fact that people are trying to organize and stop something, they're trying to come in solidarity and organize in such a way as to put a wrench in the system, well, the AI could pick up on that and then automatically shut down all co- accounts or, or prevent accounts from having certain privileges that'll prevent any meaningful internet-coordinated resistance to fascism. And that is the real issue here. And I don't think it's, you know, out of the realm of possibility or that I'm being conspiratorial or or, um, or crazy to think that very realistically, these big tech- companies in conjunction with the government knowing that their interests are all intertwined will use this power in the future to shut down meaningful resistance to the status quo and you know it goes even it goes even further than that we have seen a gradual inching of censorship on the internet since since day one you know when i was growing up like a lot of us when we were growing up The internet really was a wild west. You could find anything and see anything and talk about anything. And, of course, it makes sense to have some regulation on that. We don't need people getting on the internet to organize a lynching or a hate crime or an act of terrorism. But we are beginning to see the establishment, the status quo, really start to get its hands around the neck of free speech on the internet. I think it's quite clear that a lot of leftist voices get uh, left out of the algorithm boosts on platforms such as Twitter and YouTube. In the past, we've, we've heard of leftists already getting banned from uh, Twitter. And as these artificial intelligence algorithms get more and more powerful, more and more fine-tuned, it's not unrealistic to see a world where although you're allowed to post and we're already beginning to see this mind you although you're allowed to post you know any ideas that you have that dissent against the status quo or call for organizations or are trying to point out very real truths regarding injustice in this country and in the world that your posts can be shadow banned that they'll be prevented from going viral that other people who share them, that post will also be shadow banned. These artificial intelligence algorithms, and I'm no fucking AI expert, I'm no social media expert, but we're already beginning to see this happen, they can get these things fine-tuned to the point where they can suppress any and all speech which interferes with the status quo, which interferes with the profitability of these massive tech companies, in a good instance of this, although it's a lot more blatant than the sort of you know um, insidious, obscure form of censorship that I'm talking about, is in this example of a right-wing voice uh, of something of reason being restricted. I-, I believe it was Ron Paul's Facebook page was either taken down or restricted because he made some kind of post calling into question the power of big tech to censor Americans. In the past, we also seen uh, instances in this last election with Tulsi Gabbard, I believe she brought forth a civil lawsuit against Google because her political ads uh, and asked for donations and all of her social media networking stuff, it, it was going into uh, Gmail's um, spam. It was going through uh, Gmail's spam filter, and she levied a lawsuit against it. That's another example of how they can censor leftist voices. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading some article, it was titled, um, it was titled something like, podcasts, the blind, the blind eye where extremism is allowed to develop. And they were talking about in this article how the existence of podcasts and the existence and the fact that there are so many podcasts and them being more of a long form um, medium where they go on for an hour or two or sometimes even three hours that because of that algorithms aren't strong enough or are unable to pick up on you know radical. Or, or dissident thought or fake news, as it were. And then just a few days ago, I believe there was some sort of guest on, I believe it was MSNBC, I'm sure you've heard this from either like Jimmy Dore or Kyle Kalinske, who went on you know, MSNBC and was calling for podcasts, for a new algorithm or for podcasts to be censored in the way that the algorithm works for YouTube and other social media giants. And while now we can make a case for you know, Donald Trump being censored because of the things that he said that incited violence quote unquote and we can make a case for brazen hate speech and calls for violence to be censored we really are on the precipice of this you know slippery slope of censorship especially around the idea of things like fake news okay what constitutes fake news is fake news something that can be, you know, factually disproven with, you know, even the whole fact-checking movement? Every other thing you see now, there's a fact-check on it, which to me is, you know, I don't know, like, how is that? Is that right? Like, how do we know that the fact-checkers are actually checking facts, or are they just using this new algorithm and this power of censorship to quell any dissenting voices, you know? What is a radical idea? What is radical or extremist speech? I believe in the United States, uh, myself uh, being a self-acclaimed socialist or communist, that's, you know... I want certain industries to be nationalized. I want workers' co-ops. I don't think corporations should have the power that they have and that workers should own the means of production. That's my genuine belief in my heart that I feel to be uh, a moral truth. But in, in the mainstream media, in, in mainstream political ide- uh, ideology and discussion in this country, I'm radical. If I'm radical, does that mean that YouTube has a right to take my channel down? Does that mean that my posts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, being a radical, being an extremist uh, line of thought, should be shadow banned or outright banned in general? Because I am radical, because I am a socialist or communist, do I not have a right to freedom on speech on the digital forum? These are the questions we are being faced with that are coming out of the ban of Trump. I think all of us wanted to see Trump off of social media. Because he's a fucking loon and he and he says ridiculous sh- lambastic shit and just outright lies. And all politicians lie, but we know the way in which Donald Trump lies on the next level. We all wanted to see him gone. We all wanted to see him gone. But this is how this works. They start with a motherfucker everybody hates. They take Alex Jones off, and you can argue yes or no on that. Then they take Donald Trump off. You know? And then they start doing a little bit more to a little bit more reasonable people. Oh, they take Ron Paul off because he's just a crazy old man that believes in limited government. And then they take Double D down because he's calling for the redistribution of wealth and workers to own the means of production because that's radical. That infringes on private property rights. Now, look, I'm not pretending to know what's right or wrong. I'm not pretending to know what the future will look like But I think we are seeing enough of a trend towards censorship and and the control that these big tech agencies have that we should be very realistically concerned, not just about our privacy, as has obviously been an issue in, in the past and still is, them selling our data and stuff like that. But we should be very realistically concerned that as concerned Americans who want to enact changes one way or another in this country, that our voices will be suffocated or outright banned. From the airways in the 21st century. But anyway, guys, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm thinking out loud as always. That's the name of the show. I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it is not going to end well for those of us who use our voices to try to create the change that we want in the world. I believe firmly, indefinitely, that big tech and government are in bed together and they realize that their interests are the same. Monopolization of the airways is good for big tech. It's also good for the government, because now they can control what is you know, deemed not only good or bad speech, but what is right or wrong speech, what is true and untrue. And we've seen some comparisons between this and Orwell, and I've seen people on the opposing perspective say that uh, i think i saw a meme it was like 1984 and the bible have to be the most quoted thing by people who haven't actually read it but having read 1984 and other dystopic novelists who have talked about the creation of a massive surveillance state i believe that the world that we are in now and the world we're increasing increasingly heading towards is very much in fact orwellian but anyway guys i don't know let me know what you think let's get a discussion uh, going down here in the comments box about freedom of speech and uh and censorship in the 21st century what what do you think do you think um these big te- tech companies should be nationalized like i maybe believe they should uh should they be subject to laws of the constitution is there grounds for the whole private business argument um should they be regulated by the laws of the land and and uh, passed, you know, decrees or rulings on freedom of speech? Let me know what you think. Drop a comment, uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, as always, guys, I love you very much, and I'll speak with you again soon. Take it easy. Bye. And I know-